The following podcast is for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed therein are not necessarily those of Canal Insurance Company. This information is not designed to replace, substitute, or supplement our client's independent obligation to comply with any laws or regulations. Listeners should complete their own independent research in creation and development of their company's risk management and safety programs. Welcome to episode 22 of Holland Notes podcast by Canal Insurance. I'm Bob Peru, Senior Loss Control Specialist at Canal. This month's guest is Brad Major, Commercial Business Developer for REM Safe Sleep, a subsidiary of Lincare. Brad has been with the company for the past 14 years working with sleep apnea. Prior to his time at REM Safe, Brad was a local truck driver for 16 years. His infamous motto is saving lives and marriages one CPAP at a time. RemSafe focuses on diagnosing and treating drivers who have fatigue leading to sleep disorder and breathing issues. They offer very easy manageable process that makes it convenient for their partnerships in implementing a sleep management program. I hope you all enjoy our conversation today. Now let's get rolling. Hey, Brad. Well, welcome on board uh, for today. Uh, we met at the uh, TCA uh, in Nashville, and uh, I saw you there. And, uh, you know, uh, I always was wondering how sleep apnea has affected the trucking industry. So uh, when I ran into you, I asked you if uh, you could help us with that so you can enlighten our uh, listeners to how sleep apnea is affecting the uh, truck industry. But uh, in order for us to understand uh, sleep apnea, uh, Brad, what exactly is sleep apnea? Well, Bob, first, thanks for having me on today. I uh, truly appreciate it. Uh, you know, sleep apnea uh, is basically, we call it obstructed sleep apnea. So you're having a uh, obstruction in your airway. So basically what happens is uh, a part of your area in your, excuse me, a part of your airway, uh, the muscles relax while you're sleeping, creating that obstruction. Uh, and therefore you're holding your breath. Uh, so basically you're not breathing. Uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I'm sure uh, many of us have had been to a deer camp or a fish camping or a golf camping with all of our buddies and we're all sleeping in the, the uh, hotel room or whatever it may be. And you hear that uh, that rhythm snoring, that normal snoring that people do, and then all of a sudden they stop snoring. And at that point, that's when they're having a obstruction. That's when that airway is closed off. Uh, that is when the wives of husbands begin to kick them in the back uh, to make sure that they are breathing. Uh, uh, they then gasp for air, uh, and the process starts again. Uh, so never getting into what we call a REM sleep. Uh, it just repeats itself. Uh, I've seen sleep studies with people from anywhere. Last week, I had a guy 99 times an hour that he stopped breathing uh, throughout his night of sleep. So if you do the math on that, uh, you know, 60 minutes in an hour, he's not getting a lot of sleep. Uh, and uh, 
So basically what, what happens is that that airway collapses and you're holding your breath and you're not breathing. Like your, uh, like your big brother dunking you in the pool underwater and he lets you up for air and he dunks you again, he lets you up for air and he dunks you again. So uh, if, if you're snoring, does that mean that you may have sleep apnea? No, not necessarily at all. Snoring is, uh, is kind of a symptom. I've, uh, I've had the opportunity and pleasure to take care of a lot of people over the years uh, and they've come into my, and I say, I don't even snore. Um, well, you still stop breathing. Uh, that airway still collapses. The story is typically can be a symptom, but not it's not a telltale. Oh, wow. So exactly how uh, can uh, sleep apnea be diagnosed, Brad? Uh, you know, it's with a sleep study. Uh, you know, the sleep study, study of today is a lot different than the sleep study of yesterday. Uh, I had a sleep study several years ago. Uh, and you go into a lab, they hook you up to a bunch of wires, uh, you sleep, you know, it's, you know, kind of like a hotel room, and you have uh, monitors on your head, you've got, you know, probes on your fingers, your feet, your back, and you're supposed to go and have a good night's sleep laying in that strange bed in a strange room with a camera pointed at you. Today, uh, much different, uh, several different devices are used, but it can be done at home. It can be done in a hotel room. It can be done in the cab of a truck, um, you know, in wow. a sleeper berth. And it's uh, very small, very uh, non-intrusive. Uh, a couple of different ones that we use. One is just a ring that goes on your finger. That's all it is. It's literally almost about the size of a, uh, a big class ring. You wear it on your finger. You wear it one night. Uh, the next morning, the uh, uh, it's downloaded to the cloud because it's a cloud-based system. Uh, and a sleep doc gets to see the results of it. Uh, some, you might have something on your finger and a probe on your chest, but uh, they've uh, very much reduced the size and the intrusion of a sleep study. Wow. Uh, well, we all know that uh, fatigue is a major problem amongst truck drivers. Uh, about how many truck drivers uh, would actually suffer from sleep apnea. Has there been any studies with respect to that? Yes, Bob, there's been, you know, lots of studies. The FMCSA has uh, several different studies out there as well do as, you know, uh, several universities. And it is right now, it's about 40 to, you know, they say 40 to 47% of all truck drivers have sleep apnea. Um, wow. In, yeah, yes, that's, exactly. That's yes, almost yes. every other truck driver. Wow. Correct. Um, interestingly enough, there's uh, uh, there's studies out there that suggest even more than that. Um, you know, it's uh, there there is more untreated than there is treated sleep apnea at this time. Uh, and uh, I would bet that if you went into a room with fifty individuals, twenty five of them would get tested for sleep apnea, whether it be truck drivers or whether it be uh, you know, stay at home work dance. Wow. That's amazing. So what can happen if a truck uh, driver does have sleep apnea? Let's say I've been driving for 15, 20 years, never had a sleep apnea study, but I'm always fatigued. So basically uh, for our listeners out there, uh, what can happen if I have it? I mean, am I going to be more likely to have a crash? Uh, am I going to have heart disease? Or uh, am, am I going to uh, get illnesses that's related to sleep apnea? Well, you know, Bob, that's a, 
a multi multi answer question. Um, yeah, you know the uh, you know worst case scenario, somebody fall asleep at the wheel and you know have a, a a bad accident. That's your you know that's you know to me as I look at that coming down the highway as a uh, a truck driver myself for sixteen years falling asleep behind the wheel of a rig is uh, I think probably one of the worst feelings. Uh, long term results are hypertension, high blood pressure. Uh, heart disease, uh, you know, lots of different other comorbidities that go along with untreated sleep apnea. Uh, I'm sure many of us remember Reggie White, uh, the Green Bay Packers. Um, he ultimately died of untreated sleep apnea. Um, wow. You know, he died of hypertension, um, but they say if he would have treated his hypertension with through sleep apnea and medications, he maybe wouldn't have died. Um but the, the, the you know high blood pressure because what happens is is as you have that blocked airway, your brain tells your heart, "Come on, buddy, we had a deal. Pick up the pace. I need more oxygen." So your heartbeat goes up. Therefore, you know your your blood pressure goes high. Your oxygen levels go low. Uh, so your heart is constantly running a race to try to compensate for that lack of oxygen because you're not getting any air. Uh, and so that's where the high blood pressure piece comes in. Well, over a long period of time, high blood pressure, as we know, it causes, uh, uh, you know, uh, heart disease. Um, so, you know, ask yourself the question, when do most people have heart attacks? Wow. So how are most truck drivers uh, today uh, dealing with sleep apnea? Do they carry a CPAP machine with them in the truck or uh, how do they deal with it? I mean, if I'm always uh, fatigued, I shouldn't even be driving a truck. Uh, yes, correct, Bob. You know, there right now there is uh, uh, not uh, regulation. There's recommendation by the FMCSA, uh, but how does a driver deal with it? He does. He carries the CPAP with him. Um, you know, when he gets home, he brings it in the house and sleeps with it at home. When he leaves his house, he puts it in his truck and carries it in his truck. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to get along with in the world. However, uh, once you get a driver, and, and I say this based off of years of experience, once we get them uh, compliant on that CPAP, get them using that CPAP, they don't want to leave home without it. It's a way of life. It becomes a way of life because they know they feel so much better wearing their CPAP versus not. Um, you know, the daytime sleepiness, the, you know, the reality of it is that, um, you know, it's, you know, you're getting addicted to it. And that's the, you know, when I, when I'm out, you know, working at these events, you know, I don't want to become addicted to it. Well, I want you to become addicted to it because it'll save your life. Um, and I've had drivers come up to me and say, you know, I hated that thing for the first 60 days. And now I love it. Now I won't leave home without it. And that's what we look for. That's, you know, that's the end game is so that that driver uh, uses that machine daily. Wow. Uh, so let me ask you this on television. You always see these people who are, uh, hooked onto the mask, uh, that have sleep apnea. And now they're advertising these maskless machines. Can you mm -hmm. elaborate on those just a little bit? I sure can. You know, there, there are some, some options. There's, uh, these maskless machines. There's, uh, 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 one that's an electrical pulse that they install in your airway and it's an electrical pulse that stimulates your airway uh, so the muscle doesn't relax. Um, it's very costly, very expensive, and can only be used for mild sleep apnea. 
uh, there is a mouthpiece and a mouthpiece uh, actually, you know, I, it, it moves your jaw forward as you're sleeping. Um, so if you think of the, the movie Forrest Gump and you think of Bubba Gump, uh, you know, Bubba Gump had that jaw that was, you know, very far forward. And that's what, you know, in, in essence, that's what they do is they pull that jaw forward. So it tightens the muscle in your airway. Um, and then there also is, uh, you know, there's uh, some snorries. Well, sleep apnea doesn't necessarily snore. You know, that, that will correct the snoring, but maybe not the apnea. So there are some alternatives out there, but they're only recommended for mild sleep apnea. And CPAP, uh, continuous positive airway pressure, is still the only gold standard uh, for treating sleep apnea. Okay, I understand that. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the DOT. You elaborated on it a little while back here. Uh, what is the Department of Transportation and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration uh, doing uh, to uh, find out who those drivers are that are suffering uh, from sleep apnea? I know that uh, when you take a DOT physical and your neck size is like 17 and a half inches or larger, it's almost uh, guaranteed that you might have sleep apnea. Is there any truth to that? Uh, neck size is definitely a, a, uh, a symptom per se. Uh, you know, we have a question set uh, that is five questions that you ask. And uh, if you answer yes to three or more, you know, the odds of it that you have sleep apnea. Um, so, you know, the, where the, the difference is, is what the, you know, if you look at the FMCSA or the DOT, uh, it's your examiner that these guys go to that is going to determine whether or not they need a sleep study or not. And that is where, uh, when I was in uh, Vegas, I believe it was, where the FMCSA talked about that the, you know, the problem is, is that your DOT examiner is different than my DOT examiner. I might walk into mine and he might look at me, take my temperature, take my weight and say, here's your card, 90 bucks, please. You might go into yours and you might say, take your temperature, neck size, the hypertension, family history. Okay, you need a sleep study, 90 bucks. So there's a difference. There's a, you know, there's some gray area between the DOT examiners where they're trying to clean up and try to make that. So the recommendation uh, by the FMCSA is followed more than uh, the differences between the DOT examiners. So, yeah, so there's a pretty gray uh, area there. If I go in uh, to one doctor and get a DOT physical, if he doesn't uh, uh, think that I need a sleep apnea study, there's nothing on that physical that would indicate that. Is that correct? Uh, correct. He just may look at it completely different, you know, and that's, that's the gray. You know, if you have, if you have high blood pressure, you know, that's a, that's a dead ringer for taking that uh, a sleep study. Um, you know, anything like that, obesity, all of those uh, underlying symptoms that you may have are signals that you should take a sleep apnea test. Um, not all are following those typical guidelines. Okay. You know, which so, is understandable because, you know, right. they're, they're different. So now my uh, doctor says, well, you need a sleep apnea study and I do have sleep apnea. What are the next steps that I need to go through? Obviously, he's probably not going to pass my DOT physical until I get the study, correct? Uh, not in all cases. Uh, some will say, 
okay, here you, you know, here you go, Bob, I'm going to give you a 30 day card, go get your sleep study. Let's validate it. Uh, okay. You need a machine. Now I'm going to give you another card for six months because you've got your CPAP. Uh, you know, these guys, these guys don't want to intentionally take you off the road. Um, they want you on the road because they know that's your job. Uh, so a lot of these uh, DOTs will work with you until you get compliant. Uh, you know, if you're blatantly not going to wear it, they may not sign your card. Uh, I've seen that happen. Um, but it's not just a dead ringer where they're just going to take your license away. Right. They will work with you to try to get you compliant on that machine because one, they know it takes time. They know in some cases you can't get a sleep study for a month. Um, so they might write it to you. You know, they might, hey, here's your six month card. You got six months to get this taken care of. Wow. Okay. So now I'm diagnosed with sleep apnea. Uh, what do I do now? I, how do I get supplies? Uh, uh, who will uh, I go to, uh, to like uh, Remsafe? Will they uh, hook me up with the supplies and everything that I need? Yes. And, and you know, that's, you know, of course, our goal is, uh, you know, we want to take our drivers from start to finish from, from diagnosing to treating, uh, you know, to, uh, to set up. And uh, it all depends on your provider on where you're going with, uh, with REM safe sleep, we are going to, uh, I got a respiratory therapist that is going to work with that driver to get them compliant on that machine. It happens very quick uh, for us on our end. We like to have a seven day turnaround from uh, diagnosing to CPAP um, because we want to keep you on the road. We don't want you coming off the road. Uh, and so those supplies then literally what we'll do is depending upon where the driver is, uh, just this last week, uh, we shipped one to a terminal um, because that's where the driver was going to be. So he showed up, showed up at the terminal, got his equipment, contacted us, my respiratory therapist set up a meeting with him, much like you and I are doing right now, uh, and walked him through the setup of his CPAP and he's on the road. Uh, oh, that's you know, good. Did, did that all at a, at a terminal that uh, in the middle of his work week. Um, so okay. he didn't have to go home. He didn't have to, uh, he didn't have to do anything. Just had to go to his terminal. Wow. So I, uh, I can do this while I'm on the road. I can take, can I take a sleep study, uh, while I'm at a truck stop, for instance? Yes, absolutely. Yep. The, the, the only thing that our sleep study has to have, uh, is basically you attach it to an app on your phone. Works very simple. Uh, and that can be done in a, you know, in a local truck stop. Okay. Cause I know now, uh, there's truck stops where you can actually get a DOT physical now. Sure. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, so, uh, if I do, uh, suspect that I've got uh, sleep apnea, I'd surely want to get, uh, that fixed. So I don't uh, have the fatigue, uh, and, take a danger of uh, hurting people while I'm out there. Wow. That's, it's good that, that you can do that kind of stuff on the road anymore. Uh, you talked a little bit earlier about the health risks that are involved. Uh, what are the long time uh, risks by not getting uh, a CPAP machine? If you in fact do have sleep apnea. You know, I think that the number one I'm is heart disease. Um, you know, that's the, that's the number one that will ultimately end up, um, you know, having a heart attack. Uh, that's the, that's the number one risk. Um, you know, again, most, you know, most people that have heart attacks have them in the middle of the night, early morning, um, you know, and, uh, 
ultimately that's that heart rate racing, not getting enough oxygen and having a heart attack. That is, you know, one of the long-term effects that I look at. If you look at fatigue itself, um, you know, you come home from work, you're tired. Do you feel like going to the gym? You know, not yeah. really, you know, yeah. so it versus whether you feel good, uh, you know, you might want to go ride your bike for an hour. You know, you might, uh, you might go with uh, your uh, uh, wife on a walk around the beach, you know, around the block or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, there is uh, things that you can do that you'll, you know, you'll feel better about yourself once you're treated. Um, you know, one of my, one of my absolute favorite stories that uh, I had a guy that worked for a bread company and he had to pick up his, you know, his bread in the middle of the night at the terminal. He delivered it to all of the local uh, distribution centers. And he came into my center and was mad because he had to have a, a CPAP. And, uh, and he was mad at me and he was mad at the DOT doctor because of course we're together and we're both making piles of cash uh, and you know we're supporting the cause and this is all a scam. And uh, he got to be quite, uh, quite abrasive where, to the point of where I said, you know what, I don't want you in my store uh, if that's how you're gonna act. And he said, fine, let's just set me up. I, I knew both his mom and dad, both his mom and dad were patients of mine. And he, uh, I got him set up on a CPAP and he came back into my store about six months later with his wife. And I saw him come in the door and I thought, great, I'm gonna get yelled at again, here it is. And his wife hollered out my name. And so I came over and I said, how can I help you? And she looked at him and she said, tell him, tell him right now. And he says, I'm so sorry. I never knew I felt so bad because, you know, that's ultimately what happens with fatigue is, you know, we're old, you know, we're, we're, we work all day. We come home, we're tired. We're fatigued. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do that because we're fatigued. We're tired. Um, it's not normal to feel that way. Uh, and that's what this guy figured out is that he thought he was just getting old and tired and what it was was fatigue. Uh, and he was one of my guys that uh, never leaves home without it. So it, it makes such a difference in your lifestyle once you become wearing this thing and get used to it. That again, like I said earlier, you won't go home without it. Uh, you know, so that health risk where you look at the health risk of it, you know, taking a walk after dinner with your wife around the block, uh, you know, that's a good thing. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, sitting on the couch watching TV, you know, after we just drove a 10-hour shift is not what we should be doing. We should be getting a little exercise, but you're tired. You don't feel like doing it, so you don't do it. So, you know, so, all that together. Yeah. Uh, is there a cure uh, for sleep apnea other than the CPAP machine? What What can somebody do uh, to get rid of uh, sleep apnea other than uh, having surgery or anything like that? Uh, the reality is, is there really is not a, a guy could lose weight. Uh, and, and that may happen. I've only seen that happen a handful of times, uh, where people have said they've lost weight and they don't need it anymore. I have a very good friend of mine who said he prayed over it and prayed and prayed and prayed and he doesn't need it anymore. I haven't done a test on him again yet, but he just says, I don't need it anymore because I prayed and I don't have to have it anymore. So, uh, you know, there is no real cure for it. Uh, to to take care of it because it's a muscle. Wow. So, uh, you know, we're at the point now where uh, at least 50% and maybe more of all of our truck drivers might be suffering from sleep apnea. That makes uh, our nation's highways pretty unsafe. 
you would think. Uh, they're out there driving, they're fatigued, and a lot of them probably don't even know they have it. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, it is a very largely, uh, I want to say, undiagnosed as well as, um, you know, there's a stigma out there. I don't want to do it. You know, I don't yeah. have it. I don't need it. It's not, I, I'm not wearing that thing. Uh, you know, there's some, uh, there's some nervousness because they don't want to have it go on their DOT card. You know, mm -hmm. and now I got to have that thing the rest of my life. Well, if you feel better the rest of your life, isn't it worth it? Uh, oh yeah. You know, so that's those are some of the tough conversations. Like uh, when I met you in Nashville, it was uh, a little bit different type of a group that I was talking to. Um, you know, because it was mostly trucking company owners. Uh, mm -hmm. Where I look at, uh, I was down in uh, Louisville, Kentucky for the big match show, and just in Houston, Texas, here last week uh, for a truck show where I'm talking with individual drivers. Uh, the number of drivers that I talked to that were there with their wives that literally the signs and symptoms are there. They have sleep apnea, but they don't want to do it because they're afraid of it. They're afraid of the, the DOT. They're afraid of having it on their CDL. Um, and the wife is afraid of them dying early. So yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough crowd to beat, but you know, one at a time is what I say. Yeah. And uh, I can't imagine having to wear one of those masks that covers my face with had attached to a hose. That, that'd be uh, uh, restrictive as far as I'm, I'm concerned. Every once in a while, you'll see these TV commercials, you know, where these guys are taking off their CPAP uh, mask and saying, ah, this is uncomfortable. And then somebody is offering a better way. Uh, to do that. But uh, uh, I, I'm very concerned uh, about the fact that uh, uh, there is a huge driver fatigue issue out there. And it probably has a lot to do with the fact that uh, many drivers do have this uh, disease, I guess, if, uh, if that's what you mm -hmm. call it. Uh, so, so let me ask you this, how does RemSafe actually get involved uh, with uh, the trucking industry? Explain that to me a little bit. Okay, we are looking at more on the front end of this. So we're looking at making it a part of your, uh, of your, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's part, it's part I hire. It's a part of the team that you're on that when you come in, and your HR manager or whatever, they look at you. Uh, and if you have any signs and symptoms of it, let's do it right away. Let's get it taken care of. We're looking at putting this as a, as a complete part of hire. You know, if you look at most of our, our jobs today that we hire, that we get hired for, safety is a, a, a recommend or a requirement of hiring. You know, safety is a, a right. recommendation to work there. We're trying to make it that sleep apnea is a part of that recommendation. That's our part of that requirement that if you want to work for us, we're going to test you. We're going to help you. If you have sleep apnea, we're going to, we're going to pay for it up front. We're looking at get our companies to pay for it up front for these drivers. So it mm -hmm. doesn't go through their insurance. So it's a done deal. And then we monitor that driver. That first 30 days of that driver having that CPAP is the most important part of that driver's lifetime with that CPAP. Um, because that's when we really stay on top of them. Because once we get them through that 30 days, once we get the right mask for them, once we get them comfortable with it and understanding that they use it and they start seeing the results. Because once they start seeing the results, 
then we're, then we're getting somewhere. And that can typically take a couple of weeks for them to really go, you know what, man, I feel good today. And, um, you know, I've had guys that uh, have had such severe sleep apnea that they were tested in a lab and were put on a machine in the lab and couldn't wait to get their machine because they say that's the best night of sleep I've had for, you know, I woke up refreshed. Sure. Well, so, you know. You know it, Our goal is it, to get it get it head on and make it a, make it a part of part of employment, make it a part of that safety commitment. Yeah, and that's a good thing that you folks are out there as a safety first uh, type company to ensure that uh, we get uh, many of these uh, drivers who do have sleep and yet sleep apnea cured or uh, get them uh, the relief that they need, so they uh, get their eight or ten hours of sleep that's required. So, well, uh, Brad, uh, I, I, go ahead. One of the things that I look at when we look at putting it up front, uh, if you look at investment uh, into your company, into a trucking company, uh, the two most important investments in your company are your truck and your driver, right? I mean, Absolutely. That's, without, with, without one, you, you can't do the other. Right. So if, uh, you know, we look at our trucks, we change our oil in these, in these regs regularly. We put new tires on them regularly. You know, if uh, if you've got a driver out there that's driving and he drives past his uh, past his uh, service interval, he's probably going to get written up. And one of the things that I look at is the cost of maintaining that piece of equipment is astronomical. Um, but it's an investment, right? That 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 rig and that trailer is an investment, uh, and we need to look at our drivers as the same thing as an investment. Uh, an investment in her health, uh, because a, a healthier driver will work harder, he'll feel better at work, he'll feel better at home, and he'll be safer on the road. And that's, you know, that's where we look at as getting these companies to look at these drivers as an investment, uh, not a number, but an investment into their health care uh, to you know, live a better lifestyle, which in, in the end, end results will put money back in their pocket. They'll save money in health care costs. Sure. And uh... Insurance covers most of this uh, uh, for yep. like if you're an own, owner operator, for instance, and you, and you uh, go out there on your own and uh, get this uh, and you have your own insurance uh, that that may be covered. Oh, yeah. No, no. Typically always covered. You know, the thing, the struggle that we run into there is everybody's deductible today is five thousand dollars or better. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, it just so it ends up coming out of these guys's pockets anyway. Uh, and, you know, it's just unfortunate the way the way the insurance industry is uh, for most of us that we have high deductibles, high deductibles and, and high co-pays. Yeah. And supplies are readily available and they're being sent uh, uh, to your clients on a like a monthly or quarterly basis. Yes. Yep. We'll send out depending upon the insurance and, and uh, uh, you know, and or what the trucking company wants the, the drivers to have. Uh, you know, we'll send out quarterly, you know, every night, you know, whatever, whatever is needed, we'll get it to them. So, okay. and again, that can be shipped, you know, to the terminal, to their home, um, you know, just about wherever. Wow. Well, Brad, uh, you've been very helpful in uh, this uh, sleep apnea episode. I really appreciate you uh, coming with us today. So uh, hopefully uh, uh, we can uh, get out to our listeners who do have sleep apnea and uh, get them uh, the help that they need. So I really appreciate you uh, participating today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Bob. 
I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Brad and learned some helpful information about how to safely manage driver fatigue on the road. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Holland Notes. Want to make sure you never miss a Holland Notes episode? Head to the link in the show notes to sign up for email notifications. Yeah.